redid it, so we gotta redo this. We gotta redo this. <laughs> they oh, know. I lost it. I looked over. I can't deal with this. <laughs> Welcome to Fluent Grace, a podcast for students about speaking the gospel into the everyday, ordinary stuff of life. You've got questions, we've got answers. Or at least we'll search the scriptures and see how the gospel of grace should inform a response to the questions you have. We love Jesus and we love students, and we hope students will grow to love Jesus more as they encounter Jesus' amazing love for them. Our music for the show is Felix Culpa by King's Kaleidoscope. We are live. We're rolling with episode number 23 here on the Fluent Grace Podcast. What's happening, everybody? Hello. What up? Colin's back. I'm uh, back. Yes, who's back? Back again. I love, I, don't know if that's I love the episodes when Tyler sings. Mm-hmm. So It's usually uh, Lil Wayne, Eminem. What was his? Uh, Khalid. I think I mentioned him <laughs> last week. We talked about Bob Marley. Oh, Bob Marley, that's right. Yeah. Didn't mm. you break out in some of that Maybe. at some point? So, yeah. Uh, y'all hit us up on the Facebook and social medias and all that and say, we want Tyler to sing more. And then maybe that'll actually happen. You, did y'all know that Snoop Dogg did a uh, quote unquote gospel album? It is not a gospel I was, album. I was about to say, how? But it is pretty hysterical. Is this like Snoop Dogg taking a hymn book and. You know, singing uh, through Amazing uh, absolutely Grace, not. Or? This is this is Snoop Dogg's own hymns. I would not recommend it. This is not endorsed by Fluent Grace Podcast or me. It is endorsed by Tim Wilson, though. <laughs> uh, no, negative. <laughs> Delete that thought from your brain. Chase it away with a big jug of mayonnaise and you know, uh, fake news. Get that crap out of here. <laughs> but just so y'all could, if you didn't know, he does have one of those. He already. wasn't the dude that did the Super Bowl thing, right? That was. Lil Wayne? Wasn't he the one that did the Super yeah, Bowl? Yeah, came out wearing his Cruella de DeVille uh, <laughs> uh, see, Lil just, Wayne or whatever. He's I, trying to make himself relevant again. I just group all those people in the same category of that ain't happening. Just poop emoji. Absolutely. Mm. I mean, they could probably put out a a album straight hymns, like gospel hymns of the church, and I'd still be like, no, that's all right. <laughs> Not happening. It's mm. a hard pass. Exactly. So here we go. We're going to do something a little different uh, today. Uh, last week, if you remember, we talked about the old uh, drunk lady who ordered a Subway sandwich uh, with three ingredients, and those three ingredients were cucumbers, black olives, and uh, shredded cheese. So we're going to try something today. we got Tyler, myself, and Colin. Uh, we're all going to do a uh, fantasy draft of the best Subway ingredients for a sandwich. Yes. So we're each going to create a three-ingredient sandwich, and then we'll put it up on the social medias. You guys can vote as to who created the best sandwich. Does that make sense? So we will start uh, with Colin, because he wasn't here last week. Oh, that's trash. I called first round, first pick. First overall. If you ain't first, you're last. Some garbage. We're going to go... We'll go Colin, Tyler, myself, and then we'll like swing it around, so then it'll be me, Tyler, Colin, then it'll be Colin, Tyler, me. Okay. So, so the rules include we we all have the same bread choice, right? Yes. So. Make the assumption we are all eating just straight white bread from all Subway. Right, got it. Oh, straight white. Absolutely. Yep. We're going as plain Italian as possible. Italian herbs and cheese, baby. <laughs> all right. Well. First overall pick, 
I'm going to go ahead and get this protein in me. We're going to go oven roasted chicken. Mm. Is this like the shredded chicken or is this like oh, a these chicken are the, patty? These are the chicken oven patties. Chicken. Yeah. What a trash protein out of all of them to pick. I thank you for picking that, man. Yeah. we uh, None of us are marking anything off our list uh-uh. from that pick. It's always the sleeper picks that get you. I'm going to go with bacon. Tyler, so far, has a bacon and bread sandwich, uh, everybody. I could stop there. <laughs> I could stop there. All right. Colin has uh, oven-roasted uh, chicken. Tyler's going bacon. I'm going just your standard old turkey breast. Going turkey breast is my protein. Cold okay. cut. Okay. Cold cut. Mm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're doing this typical snake draft where you go again? Yep. All I'll right. go again. We'll snake this thing back around. Am I getting screwed on this draft right now? <laughs> <laughs> Have you never done a snake draft before? No, I guess not. Yeah, but I got to get it. you out of the house more often. <laughs> All right. Pick number two. Uh, I'm going condiment with this one. All right. Uh, spicy mustard. Spicy mustard. Wow. Also known as brown mustard, also known as, uh, I think they call it Dijon mustard. Also known as cringeworthy. There I'm going go. uh, Y'all hate ste- if you want. I'm going steak. Oh, that's the first one that we've had to mark off. I mean, obviously, we know who the unhealthy person is at this table. <laughs> steak and bacon, steak baby. And steak bacon. and bacon. We, Tyler's making the all-American sandwich over there. Um... I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go lettuce. Mm. Lettuce. Extremely, Le- everything to pick. Extremely underrated pick right there. Mm-hmm. But lettuce that was actually on my list. An mm-hmm. oven roasted chicken. Yep. Tyler's yeah, I, hating hard. You have to remember here. that this wow. is this is for the for the vote on the socials. So I'm just saying. that's right. This you're, is not for Tyler's vote. You're a communist approval. if you don't vote for my sandwich. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw it out there. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> hey, right. don't don't peer pressure the people out there. Tyler. <laughs> Whatever. I'm going American cheese. All right. American. <clears throat> American cheese. <laughs> hey, I always get confused about this. What color is American cheese? Is it yellow or white? I think it's white. <laughs> it's red, white, and blue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, scratch that. Tyler's going moldy American cheese. <laughs> Drizzled in ketchup. <laughs> oh, man. All right, with my third pick, uh, I'm also going to go on the cheese front. Uh, I'm going pepper jack cheese. Pepper jack cheese. So I'm going straight cold cut sandwich. So I've got turkey, spicy mustard, and pepper jack cheese. Tyler, what's your full sandwich over there? A bacon steak and American cheese. That's not bad. That's actually not a bad. That's, yeah, that's not too bad. So I got oven roasted chicken, lettuce, and we're gonna throw some tomatoes on there. Tomatoes. <laughs> know who's losing this sandwich battle? <laughs> oven roasted chicken. I mean, we almost got the vegan sandwich over here <laughs> if he didn't have the chicken. Good grief. That reminds me of the Hardee's commercial. Have y'all seen the Hardee's commercial that's talking about like saving a vegetable or something? Oh my goodness. Turn your phones off, people. That's me. Just kidding. Uh, the Hardy's commercial that's like, save the vegetables, eat the meat. Mm-hmm. Y'all seen that, that? I feel that'd be Dude, like an Arby's is... commercial, not mm-hmm. Hardy's. <laughs> I feel like my phone needs to go off now. Just go all the way around hey, the room. Somebody text Colin real quick <laughs> right, right now. <laughs> so there you have it, folks. We will put those sandwiches up and see who created the best three-ingredient Subway sandwich. That's kind of fun. Don't mind that. 
Uh, and that's going to lead us into something else that's new that we kind of teased last episode a little bit. This is something that we have brought in a guest contributor to the podcast. Uh, so I'm excited about this. And we're going to call it Someone Argues Something Stupid. <laughs> I love our segment names. There you go. I, you know, we keep it simple, right? <laughs> someone Argues Something Stupid, which is basically what Tyler does a lot of times, but this is someone not Tyler. That's true. Uh, so welcome into the podcast, sir. Uh, you didn't introduce. Oh, is, does he have to remain uh, anonymous? This is anonymous because you know this may rub some people the wrong way, and so we don't want to tarnish his reputation. Uh, uh, yeah, mm. uh, and if we do this in the future, which I think we probably will, we will save the identity of anybody else who wants to argue something stupid. So, so do we get like cool voice effects on him, so nobody can like voice track him. Witness I, protection voice. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try to do that. Oh yes. Yeah, we'll I see what happens. Those. Yeah. So. We are going to uh, spend the next few minutes, and our guest is going to argue this. He is going to try to convince us that birds are not real. Birds are not real. <laughs> now, I asked this to Colin before, the, uh, before we started recording, so I'm going to throw this question out there to Tyler and Colin. Scale of 1 to 10, how effective do you think this argument is going to be in convincing you that birds are not actually real? Do we have to stay in the 1 to 10 range? <laughs> no, not at all. That's just a guideline. I think Satan has a better chance to, to ski down a mountain with snow <laughs> than convince me that this is real. <clears throat> I think Colin? that uh, there's a better chance that Tim eats a mayo sandwich <laughs> than you convince me that birds aren't real. So I asked that question just to kind of set the stage here. You are trying to convince a tough crowd. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. Uh, this is something that uh, people do uh, believe strongly, and there's an actual Instagram account, which I believe you'll probably mention. So I'm going to give you two minutes. You have two minutes to convince us. The clock is starting now. All right. So how this all started for me, how I fit and learned about this uh, organization was uh, I was going to uh, there was a meme going around when the government shut down about how you couldn't see any birds. And uh, I, I decided to look into it. And uh, I found an Instagram account called uh, Birds Aren't Real. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. Um, and so basically, birds aren't real. And the government created them to watch you guys. And I, I feel like you guys just need to know. And so I want to thank Tim for allowing me on to, to tell you guys this. But I'm going to give you guys a, a brief rundown of the history of how it happened. So basically, back in the olden days, they, uh, they were setting up cameras all over America, you know, to watch the, the people. And uh, they were like, you know what would be better is if we put these in the air. And then, then, the government officials also were getting upset because the pigeons kept pooping on their cars. <laughs> So they just <laughs> oh excuse me they decided that uh, they wanted to kill all of the birds and replace them with drones which is you know fixes a problem for them I guess but it's it's very overkill if you ask me I don't know why they did it but basically they took I think 120 B 51 or whatever number it is bombers and they took 23 uh, engineers took them out to Area 51 and had them uh, create 
some they they fit the bombers with some water tanks full of uh, poison that would poison the birds, which then would lead to them poisoning other birds as they interacted with each other, and slowly killed them off as they built the birds and replaced them. Um, an, an interesting fact was uh, when the when the people were on the way to Area Fifty One, one of, one of the people got left in a excuse me and a and a one of the people got left in the Waffle House bathroom on the way to Area Fifty One because he was too annoying, and then another dude got hit over the head with a wrench and went into a coma. Um, there's a wall that Trump's building. And that is to keep the other birds outside from coming in. I just thought you might want to know that. Um, also, I can't, I don't have time, but the Vietnam War is a, like, aftermath of the birds being killed. And that's all. This was written, okay, this was written by a Mormon Mississippian doomsday prepper. I'm just throwing that out there. This is probably also the same person who believes that government put dinosaur bones in the earth. I could go on for hours, but I'm going to stop there. You're probably right. So, uh, now, there you have it, folks. We each have one question we may ask of our government conspiracy theorist expert over here. Tyler, kick us off. What question do you have? I'm going to go Bible. And I'm going to be like, and I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 26, and ask, what did Jesus mean by look at the birds of the air? They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. What is he referring to as birds? Well, birds exist, just not in America, because the American government killed them all off and replaced them with drones. It, it was like a 30-year process of them slowly poisoning them. They've gotten to about like 95% of the birds are now drones. There's, there's a 5% because birds can come over from... Mexico and Canada. That's why they're building the wall because it's got guns and they'll fire shoot down the birds when they try to come over. So at the time of the the passage Tyler's referencing in Matthew, mm-hmm. birds were completely yeah. real. And, and they normal. still they still love everywhere except for America. Yeah. All right. Colin, what I you got? No, I have no words. I would also second Tyler's I have no words. But uh for my question, I think I'm gonna ask Does the government really think that they need that many eyes on us at one time? Of course they do. They constantly need to know what you're doing, so they know whether you're planning to overthrow them or not. It's like, I'm not going to try to explain what the government does because they're just all crazy and paranoid, and I don't understand it completely. It's, It's really inhumane to kill off 12 billion birds with bombers i don't understand it but you know they did it all right so i'm i'm um, struggling between a couple of different tracks that i want to ask this question um one track is does this have anything to do um this is not my question i'm just throwing out two questions so i can talk through what i'm actually going to ask uh, so one part of me... So you're asking three questions. You're cheating the system, Tim. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get an answer to these, but I'm just hypothesizing uh, as to what could potentially be a good question. So part of my mind wonders about the whole uh, Chick-fil-A and Popeye's uh, back and forth, uh, if there's some connection between that and what you're talking about here. Uh, because right now, Chick-fil-A and Popeye's 
are uh, both very high up the chain in terms of selling products made from birds. So that's where one side of my, my mind goes. The other side uh, remembers a TV show about something very similar to this uh, called Zoo, which is where an organization not only wiped out all the birds, uh, but they basically got all the animals to try to wipe out the people. So I, I'm, I'm tracking with you in that this sounds very similar to what that TV show is. But that's not going to be my My question is going to go back to Chick-fil-A and Popeye's. So how do you explain the, the piece of meat that is in between the two slices of bread on a Popeye's and Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich? Well, there's two things. One, with Popeye's, I'm not even completely convinced it's real chicken because Popeye's is terrible in comparison to Chick-fil-A. But, uh, Pagan chicken. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Chick-fil-A has always been known for their quality. And, they, like, they only get the top-notch chickens, which we all know live in Ireland. Mm. So, of course, so it's imported. all of the birds outside of America are still alive. It's only the birds in America that are dead. So, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Chick-fil-A chicken come from Ireland. Yep. They're communist sandwiches. <laughs> uh, yep. So, we have been duped all this time into thinking that it is local chickens. It's not. It's not. All right. Um, well done in answering those questions. You have 30 seconds to give us your final argument as to why we should believe this. I'm going to go back to the first thing I said, which I'm going to ask you guys. Oh, I'm sorry. Which I'll ask you guys to remember. When the government was shut down for a little bit, uh, there was absolutely no birds. Um, you saw none of them. Just try to remember and think if you saw a bird in that time period. It doesn't matter that it was winter. They, they weren't there. I'll, I'll just say right now, I do not remember seeing a bird during that exactly. time. Exactly. I'll say that I think uh, there was birds during that time because I wash my truck pretty consistently. <laughs> and every single time I get it nice and shiny, a bird just splat right there on the hood or on the windshield. Drones so. can't poop. You know, playing, the birds from Mexico and Canada. playing devil's advocate here a little bit. Maybe that's not really bird poop. Maybe that's some angry American who has been given a sandwich with mayonnaise on it and just chunks it out the window and it landed on your truck. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> not saying I believe that. I'm just saying that's, a, that's another alternative there. Well, all right. There you have it, folks. Um, this has been Someone Argues Something Stupid. Thank you, sir, for your contribution to our podcast. You're welcome. We will let you know whatever responses we get. All right. uh, tune in next time to hear us. Bring in somebody else to argue something else that is... I don't know if we can continue doing this. My blood pressure is not going to... I don't know if I can. my heart can stand it. <laughs> oh, that was kind of fun, though. I'm not going to lie. Part of, it, part of it was entertaining just watching Tyler interact with this and try to keep his mouth shut while this was taking place. It's true. So... What are we talking about today, Tim? <laughs> let's, uh, let's move into some real content here. We had a question submitted to us uh, actually a while back that we just have not gotten around to answering. And it's related to James chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. So uh, if you're familiar with the first part of James, you probably know where we're going with this. If not, I'm going to read the passage real quick, and then uh, we'll just interact with that. Uh, the passage says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. 
But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. So that's the passage that this question is coming from. The question is, um, or the person that's asking this says uh, that they pray for this a lot of times, uh, this mean wisdom. Um, But then when they read verse 6, talking about um, not doubting and uh, being driven and tossed by the wind when you do doubt, uh, this person is uh, a little worried by that. Uh, How do you know if you're doubting or not? Um, And how do you not doubt, I think, would also be a good question in there. Uh, So let's interact with that some. Uh, Let's interact with the passage. What is this passage talking about? Uh, Is it possible to uh, doubt as it talks about here? And how would we recognize that in our own lives? When you get the context, Tim, what's what's the big context going on? Because every verse has a context surrounding it. So fill us in on what's happening here in James chapter 1. You're the one that's got it pulled up, right? I do not have it pulled up. Okay. Uh, James 1. Uh, let's let's just read through. Let's just read through verse six. Let's back up before it. So it says, James one, James, a servant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion. Greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Verse 5, and if any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea and that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So I'm going to go with the context here. James is talking about trials. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going on here in in the context. Yeah, speaking on the trials part, um, there's that common statement where, um, you know, when people are facing tough times, they're facing, um, you know, you fill in the blank for whatever you consider to be a tough time, how you see a lot of them becoming very religious during those tough times, during those trials. But then in the good, the uh, the milk and honey times of life, you they tend to drift milk away. I like that. Like I'm going to steal that. I mean, it's like you got it from the Bible or something like that. Yeah. Um, they tend to drift away. And so I think that that is uh, a point that I'd like to make here is is um, in the good times and in the bad, we, we need to be um, right there next to Jesus in our walk um, and not just in the bad times. So basically, in the context of the passage, this verse is uh, talking about asking for wisdom uh, in the context of trials and tribulations, correct? Yep. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and it's interesting. Uh, let's see. Well, we actually talked about this. Uh, we talked about the first few verses in James chapter 1 in one of our earlier podcasts. Um I don't remember which one it is. So just go listen to all of the ones before this, and you'll find it. <laughs> it's one of them. Uh, so we did unpack that uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, we also did one on um, you know, why God allows trials and tribulations uh, in our life. And ultimately from verse 4 here, the purpose of trials and tribulations, one of the purposes is uh, so that steadfastness can have its full effect uh, within our lives. 
and then we should be lacking in nothing. So this steadfastness is supposed to produce everything we need as followers of God. But the author recognizes that while this may be the intended effect, that's not always going to be the case. There's going to be times in the midst of trials and tribulations that we may not have the wisdom we need. Otherwise, there's no reason for us to ask God for it, right? If we're just automatically going to have all the wisdom we need, there's no need to ask God for it. Mm -hmm. So I I also think it's uh, important to note as we're looking at the context, uh, the context here is talking to believers. It's not talking to unbelievers. When you look at verse 2 there, count it all joy, my brothers, when Mm -hmm. you encounter these trials. An unbeliever is not, they don't have the capacity for joy in trials. Nor are they a brother. Nor are they a brother. So exactly. can I just throw a, can I throw in a, a quick little extra here? It bothers me. Like, so I grew up Baptist, and, like, it bothers me how we all call each other, oh, brother, or brother John, or brother Tyler, brother Tim. I don't know if you're elect. I don't know if you're my brother or not. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> just throwing that out. <laughs> That's like the default title for all people. Yeah, like, oh, sister Susie, who's a pagan. She's not my sister. She's pagan Susie. So would you submit that we need to designate you either brother or pagan? I'm just saying. Based on your standing in Christ. I'm just saying if if you're openly not a believer, you're not a brother or a sister. That's true. So, True statement. So if you're questionable, (laughs) if it's questionable and they call you by your name, you know something's up. Yep. (laughs) I do like, though, however, how this verse, uh, especially the beginning, um, kind of points towards a self-evaluation, a self-examination. And I think that can be positive um, for us as believers um, if any of you lacks wisdom. So examine yourself, even if you're not in a time of trials and tribulations or milk and honey. Do a self-examination. Where am I lacking? And it can be in wisdom. It can be in a number of things. Uh, I think that's a very healthy thing to think about as a believer. So contextually wisdom here is the understanding from what I'm what I heard and hearing from y'all. Wisdom is the understanding of the nature and the purpose of trials and how to meet them and be victorious over them. So that's contextually what we're talking about with wisdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. And so and all and this and wisdom of this nature is only from God. So that's why we have to ask for it not just once. But it's a continual asking. And is only for the believer. Only for the believer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's not for yeah. the person who is not in Christ. Because mm-hmm. it's not an overall wisdom. It's not a, a knowledge or good judgment that, that's, that you know God just gives you and you automatically know all the chemistry and math questions in the world. Right. Um, no, it's a, it's a direct um, asking for wisdom in this situation, in this circumstance, in this area, time of life. So with that in mind, what about the second part of the verse, verse 6? When you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Uh, Mm. I mean, that's a fairly clear picture. Mm -hmm. I would argue asking continually is not doubting. So if you're equating to continually asking to doubting, I would say say not to do that. Because God doesn't, he's not going to scold his kids or, or... or, or get on to his kids for asking because he tells us to ask. Right. Yeah, and I think that, you know, tossed by the wind means you don't have a backbone. 
And I think our backbone as believers is Christ, is God, the Trinity. And if we have that backbone and we're we are asking, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I don't normally ask questions and not expect a return answer. So if I'm going to put myself out there and ask a question, I have faith and I believe that the receiver of my question, i.e. God, Christ, the Trinity, is going to answer my request, whether it be immediately or whether it be 15, 20 years down the road. I don't know. That's up to him. So I tried to think about this from a very tangible, real-life example. Um, let's say we go to a, to use Tyler's word, bougie restaurant. Ooh, bad and bougie. <laughs> right? Five-star. We're talking, like, press shirts and slacks. I wouldn't be going because I don't have either of those things. <laughs> right? You have to have an invitation to be here, right? This is top-of-the-line restaurant, okay? So let's just imagine for a minute that we're at this restaurant and we order our food. You know, we want a 16-ounce ribeye with mashed potatoes. Oh, get that out of here. I ain't mm. eating lunch yet. <laughs> right? So when the waiter or waitress comes around and we give them our order, essentially what we're doing is we're asking for that food, right? Is there any doubt in our mind that at this particular restaurant they are going to bring us what we order? No. We're not eating at Popeye's. Right? <laughs> I was about to say, it really depends, Tim, on where we're eating. Right. Remember, five-star restaurant, okay. press shirts, not fast food. Okay, There's not any doubt, right? You know that what you order is going to be brought out to you. Mm. Uh, if, on the other hand, you're eating at some place, let's just go like half a star. Uh, like Crystal? <laughs> I will cut Shots you, Colin. Shots fired. I can't beat you up, but I can cut you. Uh, like someplace like that, sure. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll use Whataburger because they screw my order up all the time. I never even eat there. <laughs> I good. hate. I hate Whataburger. Oh, I'm sorry. Me? It's for communists. All right. Well, the food's good, but the service is poor. Okay. So uh, when I drive up at Whataburger, I have no idea what I'm gonna actually get because the last, I don't know, two or three times that I've been there, well, I say the last. In the past few months, I've had two or three times at Whataburger where what I've ordered has not come out to me. And so I really have no idea what I'm going to get, okay? That's kind of what this verse is saying here. You know, are we talking about a fine dining experience where we have no worries about getting what we're asking for? Or are we going into this request, here's what I kind of hope to get out of it, but I'm really not sure what's going to happen. You know, God's not saying here, hey, ask for wisdom and, you know, maybe if I'm feeling good, I'll give it to you. You just got to hope for it hard enough. No, he's saying... If you're asking for it in faith, I'm going to give it to you, but you know, treat it in a way um, that is confirming your belief that that I can do this. Yeah, I, I mean that's a good point. It's it's how are you approaching God? So are you approaching Him like what a burger? Like I don't know what He's going to give me, or are you confident in the fact that He is stable and He does not waver or change, or His attributes remain the same always? His goodness remains the same always. So, and, and I think that's the the picture with the wave. Like the wave goes up and down, and it's just like, well, I know he's good. I know he. I know he's consistent. It's kind of going back to what uh, Colin was sitting on the milk and honey. I thought that was really good. And then like when the, the waves crest and it goes down, it's like, oh, is he really good? I don't know. And that's what the picture I think he's getting at. Mm-hmm. He's like he wants you to be completely stable and still and know. Yeah, it's a good point. 
I think this, um, so just the idea of wisdom here, uh, Ephesians talks about this. Um, there is a, a measure of responsibility that we have uh, with wisdom as well. Uh, it's not one of those things that we just sit back, um, God gives it to us, and so we don't have to do anything in response, right? We actually have to do stuff uh, in response to the wisdom he gives us. Uh, it says, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, uh, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Uh, so context, a little bit different there, but it's tying both of these different things to this idea of wisdom. Uh, and the idea here is that we've got to be uh, engaging in things from a heart and perspective of wisdom that God gives us. Uh, we're walking around in wisdom. We're not just sitting around expecting something to happen, but we're actually getting out and doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, you think about wisdom and you think about um, in the Bible who was the wisest um the first thoughts will go to Solomon. And I think his book, um, they don't know for sure, but a lot of the scholars give Ecclesiastes to be um, his the book that he wrote. And I think that book, I've, I've read that book a couple times, and, and the word that comes up is, is vanity and how, and how there's so much on this world that we can go through, and there's so much... Again, using the the wave picture, so many lows, there's so many highs, um, but how at the end of it, it's all vanity. If we are not in Christ, if we don't have um, that future, that eternal hope. Which, looking back, this ties right back to the context of James 1, where um, verse uh, 3 and 4 there, you know, the, the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Um, so there is a steadfastness that we are to have, not because we think we can handle something, not because we get to the top of that wave and are just, you know, enjoying the view, confident in the fact that we got ourselves there. We're not down at the bottom of that wave and... You know, poor pitiful me, I can't ever do anything right. Um, that's not steadfastness. Steadfastness is resting and being confident in the fact that the Lord's the one that's walking with us through whatever the situation is, be it a trial, be it a temptation, um, be it a, a blessing, be it, be it a victory, whatever it is, the Lord's the one walking through it with us and so that we can uh, be steadfast and confident in that. It's good stuff. All right, so with that, we will wrap up this part of the episode, which brings us to something that we haven't done in a few weeks. Oh, man, it's good to be back. Welcome back, Colin Sherrill. Hit us with a world record of the week. Guinness World Record Update of the Week. We're going to stay with that What's the theme? red-blooded American male we like to eat. I wouldn't expect anything less from you, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tyler. Um, this week's Guinness World Record comes from South New Jersey, though, and um, it's kind of a strange one, but it does connect to food, so hey, what could be better? Does this have anything to do with gravy? It does not. Okay. It has nothing to do with gravy or putting piles of mashed potatoes on people's cars. <laughs> shout um, out Mississippi. Shout out to Mississippi. <laughs> Um, this week we have a Guinness World Record for a corn stalk. Hmm. 
And so it's not, you know, the height or the width or the age of the corn stalk. It's how many cobs of corn came off of this corn stalk. Oh, man. I bet it was not organic. So (laughs) I'm just saying. This is pumped full of all kind of stuff. Tim, Tyler, we even still got our uh, guest conspiracy theorist over there. Y'all give me your guesses for how many cobs came off this corn stalk. corn stalk. See, I don't know what an average corn stalk holds. I think an average is like 12. Oh, really? Ten oh, I was going to say 10. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't thinking that. I want to go 15. Uh, I'll go 22. All right, so uh, we're going to – y'all are all around it. Y'all are pretty close. i got to give it to you. 29. 29. 29 cobs of corn off and this one 10. stalk. Normal's about 10. So You're definitely getting cancer if you eat this corn, I'm just saying. I like, I like though, that the previous record was 16. So the previous record – they went all sure. in on this. Yeah. Yeah. They did. But, but Junk so, can we inject in this? <laughs> I always wonder about that, though. Right? Yeah. Anything that has to do with produce. Mm. Like, how do you get a seedless watermelon? I've wanted that, too. And mm. I love seedless watermelons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and so this is, this is a similar question here. <laughs> how do you take a, a piece of nature that typically produces 10 stalks of corn, or 10 ears of corn? Mm-hmm. Let me get my verbiage right and now you're almost tripling that same way you get eyeball third eyeballs growing on your back tim (laughs) by putting foreign objects in your food all right the the coolest part i read into this article a little bit more what though they're not even like like they have a garden but they didn't plant corn they put corn out for the squirrels and I guess you know what one happened there, kernel right? of corn like got. I'll tell you what happened. What happened, Tim? Tell one us. One of these drones pooped. Oh, uh, <laughs> there you go. So we had a corn. Poop. We had corn stalks making babies with corn stalks, and they just multiplied into the super stalk. Super stalk. There it is. And it's all because of the drones that the government put in the air. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we know. Bunch of communists. So actually, uh, you mentioned uh, food in relation to Guinness World Records. I saw something. Apparently, there is the Guinness World Record of uh, gravy wrestling. <laughs> what you been watching, Tim? <laughs> the Guinness World Record channel. <laughs> That's like a uh, uh, feed on social media. So uh, it's where you literally just have folks that are wrestling, just same rules as normal wrestling, but they're doing it in a vat of gravy. <laughs> I really question people's common <laughs> sense. I, same, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> With that, Tyler is tapping out. <laughs> uh, don't go wrestling gravy, folks. Nope. <laughs> Unless nope. you're in Mississippi. <laughs> but do check us out on the socials. What are those socials, Tim? There you go. Fluent Grace Podcast. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, send us a question if you want us to uh, look into a passage of scripture like this one we looked at today. Feel free to send it to us. Uh, no question is too big or too small or too crazy or too whatever. Just if we get us. 20 comments, Colin and Tim will wrestle in gravy. <laughs> 20 comments, people. They've agreed to it. You heard it here first. 20 comments. Make it happen. Tyler's going to supply the gravy. I 100% will supply the gravy. <laughs> How much gravy are we talking about here? Uh, enough for, many, <laughs> enough how, for you and him to wrestle in. <laughs> and it will be hysterical. 
Hey, we have talked about how to get some additional uh, followers on the social media. <laughs> You'll definitely get something. <laughs> uh, that's not going to happen, folks. Don't hold your breath. Uh, so. But you know what is going to happen? What's that? Colin's Subway sandwich is going to win. Mm. Oh, no way. Yeah, we'll put those up. No way. Uh, here shortly. Y'all can vote on those. Figure out who has the best sandwich. The vegans will vote. Well, no, they won't. You got chicken on there. <laughs> but yours is the most vegan of all of them, though. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we do want to shout out to a new country that uh, listened to the podcast. I don't think I mentioned this one last week. Uh, Ireland has jumped on. Ooh. So someone straight from Dublin. It's those bird farmers out there. <laughs> there you go. They may stop listening now that we've kind of, you know, shed some light on their industry, poultry practices, or whatever you call those things. <laughs> all right, that's it. We're done. Uh, go check us out on all those social medias, and we will talk to you next week. Gooses. We out. Later. Later.